It's Monday, the 22nd of February, and here's your construction and demolition flash briefing for today. Uh, the BC Live League table of new contract awards in construction has broken the £6 billion mark again. Manchester-based KDC Contractors has had a big contract win up in Ellesmere Port. Demolition contractor Katie, uh, Clifford Devlin rather, has become the latest to pass into employee ownership. Construction apparently is failing to grasp app development. And tomorrow marks the sombre fifth anniversary of the Didcot disaster and there's still no resolution in sight. Good morning and welcome to the All New Breakfast Show. Uh, sorry if it's a bit disjointed uh, this morning. Uh, it's uh, new technology, new system, <laughs> new show, new everything else. Um, I'm your host, Mark Anthony. I will explain more about the uh, the idea behind this show uh, a bit later on. But in the meantime, let's take a closer look at those uh, headline stories. For well over two years now, the BC Live League table of new contract awards has established a monthly baseline of around four billion pounds. Um, that's our new norm. That's that's kind of our benchmark for construction activity and workload. Uh, over the past two two and a half years, it's really dropped below that figure. Although, thanks to massive projects like HS2, it has occasionally blasted through them. Um, you might recall that in December 2020, um, the BC Live League table topped the twelve billion pound mark to send the industry into a well-deserved festive break with plenty of confidence and it seems like we've started the new year in much the same vein. Uh, as the shortest month of the year, no one really expects much out of February. Um, it's, it's, as I say, it's a short month and it's very, very cold as well. Uh, weather is inclement, I think is the expression. And yeah, as I record this, the BC Live League table is sat at 6.6 billion. There's uh, every likelihood that it will top the 7 billion pound mark before the month is out. That should really provide the industry with a great deal of optimism. And since these new contract awards generally take 20 to 25 weeks to actually start, the sector looks set for a really busy start to uh, the summer. So that's uh, all good news. We will keep you posted on the highs and lows of the BC Live League table as these shows progress. But on Monday next week, um, shortly after our Monday show, in other words, this show, but next week, um, we will be welcoming Builders Conference CEO Neil Edwards onto the show uh, to look back at the figures for February. Uh, that show will air same place, same time. No, same place, but at 10.30am, actually. Um, so you can catch that on the Demolition News uh, Facebook page or the Diggers and Dozers Facebook page if you prefer. Uh, join us if you can. Uh, we'll give you, a, you know, an opportunity to uh, to quiz Neil and to ask some questions about what he sees as the prospects for the year that still lies ahead. Uh, speaking of prospects and speaking of contract awards, uh, I would imagine that the good folks at KDC Contractors are probably smiling from ear to ear this morning, having just secured one million pound contract at Ellesmere Port. Um, you might recall that KDC was actually acquired by waste management giant back, uh, Veolia back in 2018. Uh, a project of this magnitude and prestige, I, I'm sure, is exactly what the uh, new owners of the company were hoping for. So congratulations to the team at KDC. 
congratulations to their owners at Veolia as well. Uh, you can read more about this one over at demolitionnews.com. The third story on our list today is is an interesting one in that London-based Clifford Devlin um, has become the third demolition company uh, to pass into employee ownership in the space of around 18 months. You might recall that uh, Dundee-based SafeDem started the ball rolling. Uh, and then McGee followed suit about oh, just a few months later, basically. Well, Clifford Devlin has now joined that very elite band um, with its ownership being transferred to what is apparently known as an employee ownership trust. And an EOT is a special form of employee benefit trust introduced by the government back in September 2014. To attempt, uh, in an attempt to encourage more shareholders to set up a corporate structure similar to that of um, the retailer John Lewis. Um, anybody that shops at John Lewis will know that their employees are shareholders. Um, and I, I, I don't shop at John Lewis regularly because um, they're, they're not the cheapest of shops but I do think their model does tend to uh, to lead to a, a better commitment from their staff because the, the staff do actually benefit from that commitment so uh, be interesting to see how this one rolls out and to see if there's any more demolition companies that choose to follow suit uh, details of that story can also be found at demolitionnews.com now according to a new report a half of all construction and by association demolition companies lack the skills or resources to develop employee-facing mobile apps in-house. Our research published by a mobile data capture specialist found that employee-facing mobile apps play a key role in construction's industry enterprise mobile strategies. Now, setting aside the fact that this research was carried out by a company with a vested interest, I do wonder about the validity of this story. There are apps for just about every aspect of demolition and construction these days, from estimating and project management to internal communications, project tracking, billing, and even things like safety monitoring and reporting. And all of those are available off the shelf. Uh, And many of them are are cost-effective. In fact, some of them are even free. So I, I do wonder why a construction company or a demolition company would want to develop apps of their own. Surely this is like a, a research company sounding the alarm because food suppliers, or pet food suppliers rather, aren't doing enough of their own farming. Just seems odd to me. Now, I'm, I'm all for technology. The very fact that I'm, I'm broadcasting this live using technology probably proves that fact. But surely this is a horses and for courses situation where development of apps should really be left to the experts. Um, I, I want my construction companies and my demolition companies to be good at construction and, and uh, demolition, not app development. Um, and besides, one of the things that concerns me with this is, isn't the development of company-specific apps just making a rod for our own backs for the future? Because that would mean that each new employee would need to be trained on an app that was similar, but not the same as the one they'd used at their previous employer. We've already seen the confusion and the cost that has arisen arisen from allowing multiple sets of PQQ systems. Surely we don't want to repeat that with company-specific apps for Lord alone knows what. Now, tomorrow marks a significant and an extremely somber day in the uh, demolition calendar. Um, Anybody that's in the demolition industry won't need reminding that tomorrow is the fifth anniversary of the Didcot Didcot disaster in which four demolition workers were killed. 
Um, 1,826 days have elapsed since the boiler house at Didcot A power station collapsed, claiming the lives of Mick Collins, uh, Chris Huxtable, John Shaw and Ken Cresswell. Now, we've been following that literally since the day it happened, uh, and we will be marking that um, anniversary with a new film. And it's a personal recollection of that fateful day, the events that followed, and, and moreover the fact that we're still waiting for some kind of resolution some five years on. Um, that film will air uh, at 4.04pm tomorrow. And I know that seems like a, a very strange time to, to host a premiere, but we've chosen it for a specific reason. Um, the accident itself occurred at four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and we want to honour a, a minute's silence for each of the four men that, that so tragically perished on that day. Um, the, the film is, is on standby, it's, it's already recorded, um, and we have produced a short trailer for the film um, that I would like to play for you now. So here we go. Five years ago tomorrow, I was stood on this exact spot, the worst demolition disaster in living memory. Collapsed boiler house. Fire and rescue team. There's been one fatality. They're confirming uh, one fatality. Demolition worker is confirmed dead. The four men killed on that tragic day. 1,826 days ago. That's a memory that's stuck with me ever since. Now, as I say, that film will premiere at 4.04 tomorrow on both um, Facebook and on YouTube, and therefore it will be on demolitionnews.com at exactly the same time. Uh, but in addition to that, we are going to be hosting uh, a special live show tomorrow night, uh, starting at 6 p.m. Once again on YouTube, on Facebook. Let me try that again. It'll be on Facebook. It won't be on YouTube uh, for reasons that I'll bore you with some other time. Um, you can find our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com forward slash demolition news. Um, we'd love to see you there. Um, really and truly, the, the whole purpose of that is, is to show the film again, um, to remind everyone of, of what happened on that fateful day, um, but also to give everybody an opportunity to uh, share their recollections and, and their thoughts on the fact that here we are five years later uh, and we have no, no answers. Um, you might recall that we recently broadcast uh, an interview with a US demolition expert called Joe Vendetti, who um, has seen similar number of accidents uh, in power stations and, and boiler houses in the US. And he is predicting that, given the fact that there's somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 power stations left to be demolished and decommissioned around the world, uh, we could see another 150 deaths. Um, any lessons that we could and should have learned um, from Didcot, sadly, have uh, remained buried in bureaucracy and there's still no end in sight. Um, so if you can find time to join us, um, I'd, we'd love you to see the film at 4.04 tomorrow, but if you can find time to join us tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, on our Facebook page and we'd love to see you there. We'd love to get your, your take on the situation revolving around Didcot and, and the uh, ongoing investigation. Now that wraps up the official part of this brand new daily show, um, but I did promise that I'd try to explain the idea behind this new show format. Uh, I've got no notes for this bit, um, so I'm just going to freestyle it a little bit. Uh, I think you'll probably all be aware that, that COVID has changed 
just about everything, including the way I think in which we consume information. I was quite happy to uh, to get my fix of daily news at sort of nine o'clock or ten o'clock at night. Now I tend to see, tend to be looking at, at rolling news far more often to find out daily death tolls, daily infection rates, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and and it's, it's reminded me of the fact that demolition and construction are industries that move so, so quickly. Um, so quickly, in fact, that I think expecting a, a, a bi-monthly magazine or a website to keep pace with that is, is probably asking a bit too much. And there's, there's more to say than a, a website will allow. We, we, I tend to report on news, so here's a bunch of facts, make up your own mind. Uh, but if you've watched Demolition News, if you follow some of our social media, um, I, I do like to comment. Um, it doesn't always please everybody. That's, that's not supposed to be the case. Um, I, I'm a journalist, I do have opinions. Um, whether you agree with them or not, that's entirely up to you. Um, but I think that's a key part of, uh, of the debate around any industry. So one of the things that we wanted to do was to basically bring you news on a more regular basis. Um, so we are committing to doing this show, uh, assuming people watch and people are watching at the moment. Um, we're going to be doing this daily, daily at 10 a.m. on our Facebook page. Um, our plan basically is to then take that, repurpose it, so that we, we will have an audio version um, on uh, our Demolition News Radio podcast. Um, and we'll also have a recorded version on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages as well. So, you know, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can probably catch up with that. One of the things that we, we wanted to do was um, to make this show coincide with you effectively uh and and to give you a, a bit of an insight into that I, a, a few months ago i was on a, a site um and you know arrived at the wrong time and everyone everyone decided to break for tea and coffee and, and a, a quick sandwich at 10 o'clock in the morning um and i went with them to the the, the on-site canteen and there was a little huddle of guys all all apparently looking at a mobile phone so I, I strolled over and had a look over one of their shoulders it turned out they were actually watching one of my videos um, so it does strike me that there is maybe that site was was just peculiar but there is an appetite for demolition and construction news at site level at 10 o'clock in the morning when people are stopping for a quick break um, so that's basically the the plan for the timing of the uh, the initial show that then carries through to the fact that we are going to do a super fast turnaround on the audio version of this. We're going to take the audio from the show, edit it down, uh, probably put some music behind it to make it sound a little bit more interesting than, than just my voice droning on. Um, and we will have that up by about three o'clock in the afternoon. So th the basic plan is you can get your fix of, of news first thing in the morning. If you don't get it first thing in the morning, you can get it at your break in the afternoon. And if all else fails, you can watch it or listen to it on your way home or when you get home. Um, so there's no excuse, I don't think, for um, claiming to be unaware of, of what's going on. Um, now, having done about 200 live shows since March 2020, uh, I know this show is going to evolve. Um, it will get new segments, um, it will get new jingles. We've got one um, that's being worked on at the moment. Uh, but most importantly, it will get its own voice. And for this show to work, it needs to be your voice. Um, I'm happy to sit here and deliver the news, but 
the discussion points really should be coming from you, um, which is why we're broadcasting initially via Facebook um, to allow you to take part. Uh, you can ask questions, you can post comments, and you can even suggest topics for future episodes too. Uh, this obviously is going to be the news briefing show. Uh, this will, as I said previously, will be taking place at 10am in the morning, uh, but we are going to be producing uh, nighttime shows and evening shows and late afternoon shows as well. So if there's something you would like us to cover, if there's somebody you'd like to get on the show as a guest um, for you to quiz or for me to quiz or for us to gang up on, um, please feel free to suggest that as well. Uh, in the meantime, we will be back here again at 10am UK time with more news, views and opinion. Until then, stay safe. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Um, make sure you check back tomorrow for um, some more news and make sure you check back tomorrow afternoon um, for our uh, tribute to the four men that, that so tragically died at Didcot um, back in 2016. Have a great day. I'll see you again in 24 hours. Cheers now. If you enjoyed this show, please consider supporting us. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash demolition news.